Welcome to Space to Grow, the podcast where we explore how the spaces we inhabit shape us as individuals. I am your host, Natasha Rocca Devine, an interior designer and author with a passion for helping clients create functional, beautiful spaces which will support their personal growth and well being. In each episode of my series, I will be speaking with a guest who has a unique perspective on how the spaces they have lived in have impacted their lives. From childhood homes to offices, apartments to gardens, we'll be deep diving into ways in which the spaces around us shape who we are and who we become. Today, I am thrilled to have Ed Williamson on the show. Prior to being a contemporary fine artist, Ed played professional rugby in the English Premiership for over a decade. He and his family moved to southwest France in 2014 so he could transition from playing to painting full time. Since that time, his work has been featured in a variety of places around the world, from New York to Monaco and now back to Ireland. Ed is featured in the Ariel Gallery Dublin and was at Ideal Home Show this year next to my DFS room. His style of painting combined his sense of humour with his brilliant talent, with the aim of creating paintings that are not only beautiful, but interesting and sometimes challenging. Clients include Gareth Thomas, Carol Vorderman, Toby Flood and Jeff Parling, to name a few. So let's dive in and discover the stories behind the spaces that have helped Ed grow into the person he is today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Natasha. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I loved your work at Ideal Home Show. You're absolutely amazing. You had a huge fan base. I think very popular corner in the Ideal Home Show yeah. with your live painting. No, it was it was um, it was a good experience. The Ideal thing. I, I, it's not my first time painting in front of a crowd, but it was my first time painting in front of a amount of people like that. It was just yeah. passing by and stuff, and um, so it was daunting, but not too bad. You it handled just, it so well. You're it was, amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, I said I've done a, a few. Um, uh, live paintings for auctions and stuff so that actually aspect of painting in front of people isn't too bad it was just because actually since the last time I've done it I've, I've re- like really upped up my detail in the paintings I'm doing so I'm there with my little stick and I'm going all this kind of stuff and I can hear people talking and doing that kind of stuff so actually and then try to talk over my shoulder when I'm doing it and whatnot and try to do it so I'm, that was a good experience it was I met a ton of good people and uh, got some some work off the back of it as well which was good. Um, What was your childhood home like and how has it influenced the person that you are today? Cut a long story short my mum and dad were um, older parents they had my mum had me when I think she was mid 40s my mum was a concert pianist Uh, they had fine art and picture framing shops so uh, massively into opera and all of that classical sort of stuff which was reflected in the decor in the house Um, so if you can imagine as best you can like um it was there were a lot of bay windows in the house and stuff. We were pretty lucky because the business was quite successful when my dad was alive. So we had this nice big house. It was an old vicarage and the paintings on the wall were all very um, traditional. They, they were gilded ornate frames, uh, big fans of like Sergeant Turner, all those, all those, all those classical artists and stuff who, who, who used colour quite well. Uh, loads of mirrors, that kind of stuff, uh, but also relatively dated in this at the same time. It was northeast of England, like in a little country valley called called Teesdale. So, it, and the school I went to, we were in a farming community. So, there were a lot of my friends were farmers and had the similar sort of. There wasn't really anything like in any of my friends' homes what you'd consider sort of like a, a like a modern approach to, to interior design. Everything was very country, old school sort of. Uh, so that had a knock on effect, I think, to me later on when mm. it comes to what I'm doing painting because my uncle and my father were professional artists. Um, but they were traditional artists, landscape, that kind of stuff. So, which is really hard. Yeah, I think is, people it think is. it's quite easy, but it's actually very. I've I've tried it, and I wouldn't say I'm a master. I wouldn't be professional now. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is hard, but it, I think their main 
battle is grasping light and how it, you know when you look at a landscape you can paint depending where the sun is and or, or what time of the day it is all that kind of stuff and where the, the sun hits certain things of what you're looking at that'll be the difference between making a painting of that nature looking flat or whether it's got some kind of depth what i'm saying that for is because i also nowadays when i'm painting have to make sure that this depth in my painting and that use of light was something I'd probably taken from them and that That's traditional so approach yeah. of, of painting is, is something which I've tried to hold on to not because of any other reason apart from that I was surrounded by it when I was I was younger you know and so back to your career which has transitioned it's very exciting um, so you played in the English Rugby Premiership for over a decade tell mm. us about this space this space or that is experience for you oh, well it was it was a, it was obviously a, a fantastic experience to play in front of big crowds and to play with some of the the, the, the names of the, the players I've, I've played with and against. Have yeah, I'm very 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 lucky. It'll probably actually tie in later on in our conversation, but it was a it was a it's actually a frustrating space for me because my rugby career probably on reflection didn't go definitely on reflection didn't go the way I wanted it to go uh, through injury through when I was young a lack of potentially confidence or also maybe application because of other reasons and stuff. So I didn't, instead of me sitting here talking to you now and saying I've played for England or I have got 250 premiership caps under my belt, I've only got 80. Uh, only 80, Ed. Only 80. Only 80. <laughs> but we're in, in the space of 10, 12 years, that's yeah. actually quite a small number. Oh, and okay. a lot of that percentage of that time was spent on a on a, on a, on a physio bed or in a, in a, in a, in a, in a hospital. Which people um, don't hear about, which is interesting because exactly. my dad was a footballer for Arsenal and he had to end his career due to injury as well. So yeah. I think people don't hear that side of it. You yeah. know, the, they see the highlights on news, but there are such challenges, you yeah. know, and you have to rebuild your life as 100%. well. So. But then you also sort of, when you're injured, you sort of just slip away into the shadows sort of mm. thing because you're in the club and you're around the boys, but you're not training you're not in at the same time. It's quite lonely then, yeah. Yeah, you're in for rehab before everyone starts training. Mm -hmm. When the boys are actually out training, you're doing physio work inside, so you're not out on the pitch. Sometimes if you're, depending on what level, how far are you on with your, your recovery, you may be running on the pitch a bit. And then sometimes you eat before them because they're still out there and you're finished and you do sort of, you just slip back and it yeah. becomes a little bit lonely. And um, having done that, having had, big injuries and had that happen to me plenty of time those sort of spaces the the physio room the hospital rooms that kind of stuff they have a decent effect on how you, you view things down the line because okay so one quick story in 2011 I, I broke four vertebrae in my back and that's nothing out of the ordinary in terms of the impact which happened to make that happen but the knock-on effect for that was that I had to eventually retire for a year because I wasn't sure I'd be able to get back playing again. But also, when I was informed that it was maybe a centimetre the right way to keep me walking and a centimetre the other way and I would be sat here in a wheelchair, that sort of space makes you think, right... Is this worth it? My dad had to make that choice. Well, yeah, yeah but well. also how, how, how lucky am I, but also how quickly that can go sort of thing. It gives you such a different perspective yeah, on completely. places, especially yeah, with yeah, the family or, you know, if you think ahead of what you want. Bless you know? my wife. She was, the first thing that's going through her heads is, am I changing the house? Do we need a ramp to get in the house? Aww. All this kind of stuff. Because even though I'd been sort of helped off the pitch. Yeah, it's a different situation if you're it, in a wheelchair. Yeah, it's well, a different life, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... Yeah. So that was obviously a really challenge. I was going to say about your most challenging space. So I'm assuming this. Yeah, that'll knock on absolutely. But I think the most challenging thing that's happened to us was when we moved to France. We've had our whole life in England and then we've moved to a, a foreign country and we've moved into this house, which was 
beautiful in the most stunning setting and you, you're surrounded by completely new stuff no 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 knowledge of the language nothing like that um, if I could sort of do it justice the house we moved into the first house we moved to in France so we lived in Gironde so they have this Girondin stone which is basically huge big sort of sandstone limestone blocks and they make the house full depth walls wow. out of this material sounds amazing and inside so it's all terracotta floor the insulation comes from this stone so when it's hot it keeps it cool inside and when it's when it's cold it keeps it warm but also like every day you've got to hoover up because it it crumbles you you can touch it and drag your hand down it and the sand comes off yeah so it was just and then having to adapt to the way of life in there and in terms of the effect it's had on my family Massive, massive positive. So all the kids are pretty much educated in France up until That's this so point. Interesting. Yeah, it's exciting. Completely fluent. Um, and do you still have your house over there? No, but we do. Um, you can go back. I, I can go back. We've got friends over there still. And I'm th- if I had to put my money on it, I would go back eventually, whether it's for retirement or whether it's for work or whether my wife is absolutely obsessed with Paris because it's an amazing place to, yeah, to be. So. If if work takes her there, then we'll, we'll go there. But um, for the moment, Dublin's great. We're happy here. And, um, and yeah, speaking yeah. of Dublin, so obviously I know Mandy, the owner of the Ariel Gallery, yeah. who's absolutely amazing. And you've moved now into modern art or modern contemporary art. Yeah. So tell us about this transition. I'll try and keep it as short as I can. But basically, when I did the injury to my back, I got put into sort of an enforced retirement. And at the same time, I'd uh, mangled up my hand. This way this finger doesn't bend and stuff. So I needed to find someone to fix that. Took a year out of rugby, which was a really shit year. I had... Of course. It was... I, I was plunged straight into the real world. have no training for anything apart from rugby. Didn't go to university. Skipped all that when first professional contract signed at 18 when I left school. So I had nothing, really, to back myself up. I was trying to sell insurance for a little bit. Didn't... It wasn't very good. Then I tried to do some PTing as well, which uh, and that, that went all right. But... It, it was a rough year. And then I luckily got back into rugby and that ran off for another like seven, six, seven years. Um, but around the time we were leaving, we were leaving England to move to France, I got another big injury and blew up my knee. And my wife was just like, look, you need to start thinking about what you're going to do afterwards because another one of these... And you're gone. And you, it, you could be gone. You never know what's going to happen and you haven't really prepped. So I was like, and she just asked me simply what, like plainly what the... the what can you do? And I was like, well, I've always been good at drawing and stuff and painting. So she said, we'll just do that then. So I just started off painting and drawing little pictures of the lads at the rugby club's dogs or their babies or what it is for 30 quid, 40 quid here, just little A4 drawings, you know. And then that built up over time. And by the time we moved to France, I started to experiment with larger paintings, different subjects, um, different techniques, all that kind of stuff. And if you look at my Instagram from way back, you can sort of see the evolution of the whole lot get to the point where it is now, which is where I want to be. It's amazing, um, by the way. But it, it's, it, it's, it's a journey of it, the whole yeah. thing. And um, So you can follow your path. Yeah, of, you can see, on it. 100%. You can see the different styles I've tried to and go through. And you're trying through. to find your own. And I think that's yeah. what everyone's doing as an artist. I've done 100%. that with design. And I think writers and musicians kind of, they, you know, they explore, they do different types of yeah. albums. And now you're in the Ariel Gallery, yes. I was saying, and with Mandy, the owner, Williams, who's absolutely amazing. So how did that come about? When we first moved here, middle to beginning of last year, I was in a, a period of time when I was happy with the work I was doing. I was happy I'd found the link and, and what I want to be known for, but I wasn't happy with the detail I was getting with my painting. So when I moved over here, I had like a good old few months of, of talking to other artists and sort of learning and 
taking myself back to school essentially to try and get it was details which what I was lacking which I felt I was lacking um spoke to a lot of artists on Instagram and and and, and all this kind of stuff and I went they, they all the advice was told for me to go back small and go back to school and maybe paint a still life or something like that and then really just, work it takes work yeah, doesn't yeah, it just, practice I think people don't know different different mediums different mixes all that kind of stuff um I also was went into the the national gallery here and I've always been obsessed with those old paintings which have that they've got like a sort of a waxy feel to them you, know, you can't touch them but you know that feel in terms of like you look at them you've got that sort of glaze across them I was like why, why is that happening I want that because I want when my paintings age to have that sort of gleam across them and apparently they use beeswax to mix their paint wow. back in the, back in a few centuries centuries ago so I started using beeswax and apparently and when I, when I started using it let's say this was a terps or something like that I put a brush into the oil and I, and I dragged a a line of paint across the desk there, it would probably start to lose paint about here. With beeswax, I could probably do the whole length and it would still have paint on oh, the wow. thing. So there was things like that, those little things which I learned. And then once I'd done all that, I went back to what I wanted to be known for, which is these sort of figurative paintings with the masks and, and that, that, surreal, so cool. that surreal element, but also tied in with the traditional style of painting. And once I was happy... I thought, right, now I need to start. Going to galleries. Well, I need to, no one knows who I am here. So I need to start. They do now, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah, well, so I, and, I, and I've walked through and passed and into a ton of galleries already being here. And there's lovely galleries here. There is Ireland. lovely galleries here. Especially in Dublin. The Oriel immediately caught my eye because as soon as I went in, it had this feeling of, is prestige the right word? I think it probably yeah, is. Yeah, it is. I didn't want to be in the gallery which when you get lost on the wall because there's so many artists and stuff yeah. where you're going in there and she they've got Mandy Liam on it. Mandy created so well. So well yeah, and like she's, she's got yeah. such a good eye for way to place things but you knew finally well when you walked in. She loves got, every piece I think yeah, as well. You yeah, can feel that. Like 100%. she's really proud of each piece. And she tell you if she doesn't like the <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Which is good. Which is good. Yeah, I need you want that. feedback. Absolutely. Everyone, yeah, yeah. I noticed that she'd followed me on social media and I thought you know, I'll just gonna, I'm just going to throw caution to Windy. So I sent her a message on Instagram. And then she said, yeah, let's meet up for a coffee. And then the rest is history, as they say. Because art is so grey now. Anything can be art. Oh, do you totally. know what I mean? Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could yeah. have decided to be the rugby artist, but in a completely different way. I could have decided you to put huge change. canvases yeah. on the wall and just get a rugby ball, dip it in paint and spin past it against the canvas. Someone's going to copy this, you know, Ed. Yeah, and well, like, this it, is going to go yeah, viral. It's going to be a TikTok <laughs> well, challenge well, well, in like about a week. Well, they do it, week. then just they send me some royalties. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you could just do that, bang, 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 and then that's it. You could, if you come up with a decent diatribe to attach to the painting, you, you've got you've got art. Yeah, do you know I mean? agree. Yeah, I think we're in a really lucky age. Yeah. It's, we have something, I actually haven't really discussed this on the podcast, but we have something similar. So when I was 19, I was in a coma from a really bad car accident Jesus. and I was bedridden and I started to paint and draw. So that's how I um, got into writing and designing. I journaled and sketched and that's how I, I studied design and journalism. No so it was like a rock bottom moment in my life. And I think I, I read, you know, you bring your humour in, things like that. But yeah. at different times, happy or sad times, I genuinely think art can really bring kind of lightness to your life. Do you oh, agree? I completely like, yeah. agree. Uh, the, the creative side of things. So whether it's pottery, art, anything oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, exactly. I, and for, I it could be writing, whatever 100%, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think anything like that can do wonders for people's mental health and stuff because it's you don't have to actively think really you, yeah. if you if you if you if you're learning and you, you you reach a problem there is always something to get you out of it whether it, whether it means just wiping the canvas out and starting again or getting rid of that 
bit of clay which is messed up and starting again yeah. you can always do it again but and you can keep practicing you can and all keep that. practicing it gives you a focus I think yeah, away from whatever's going on 100% and like you say in a whatever in a chilled out way yeah. with no pressure um, and can you share a specific moment or experience when a physical space profoundly impacted your life or changed the way you see the world yeah well I've got a, I've got a few answers to this one I think I've been in countless hospital rooms and fissure rooms and all that kind of stuff and have seen and heard things happen to rugby players which have sort of opened your eyes to what like the, the risk and also how quickly things can can, can turn. turn and you've been there as well 100 you know, yeah and to, i don't to want wire. this to be too much of a dark cloud and i'm sure once we've got through this next this bit here we'll come out to something positive because it does end in a positive is that um, it sort of make, m- makes you appreciate ex- the time and also what you've accomplished, what you, you're going to do, and also the amount of time you've got to do it. Um, I don't think that uh, if I wasn't a rugby player, I would have had that sort of perspective. And so I'm lucky in that respect. And then, you know, you've got all of this stuff afterwards, after, the aftercare of rugby, the things which happen knock on. Like I've had more operations in the last three, four years since I've played, stopped playing, oh, wow. since I've stopped playing so than I effects. did. Yeah, people so don't realise that. Yeah, so like in total, I think I've probably had about 12 operations and four of them came after finishing wow. rugby. Um, just be, And it was completely because of rugby. Uh, so those spaces make you aware of what um, what's on the line essentially really and you know and and how gives you kind of the focus doesn't a, it like clarity gives, yeah stuff, clarity and to gratefulness i suppose yeah, as well like because you don't know what's ahead yeah i mean i was i've, I've always done this thing where because it's happened so much like i go through in slow motion in my head like the most recent one i can think of was the one that stopped me which was when i blew everything in my right knee acl pcl mcl hamstring cartilage the whole thing went in one thing and it, i and it, i was just running the ball back and i got hit three ways by three different guys into and one they're big guys if, if i had just and i just remember thinking to myself and I, the thought flicked across my mind it's funny how that sort of you can take such a, a big snippet of time over probably was what less than a second you can remember and you can then elongate yeah, yeah. and if i'd just stepped to the right everything would have been fine, but I didn't. I decided I want to go straight through. <laughs> so then know. it gives you that sort of like ability to reflect a little bit on like, well, if I'd done the, if I'd done this and if he'd hit me higher there or if this had happened, da, 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 da. So if it makes I, you kind of analytical, like 100%. kind of look at things and go, is this worth it? Like, yeah. or look at your life and 100%, go, kind yeah. of, am I not happy or let's fix it? This, you know, it gives you kind of a more you, you gravitas. The nail on the head. I don't tend to get too down very often. Yeah. If I do, I've got a fantastic wife to help me out with those little holes. But Go, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen <laughs> very often. Um, but when it does, like she'll always remind me of what's happened previously. Yeah. And then you perspective. Can just, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent perspective. And Sometimes it, it's just a, my dad always says, um, "Your darkest hour only lasts sixty minutes." You know that way. Just yeah, always yeah. like it's just if you count it down and you're out of it, you know, or whatever, yeah, it's even 60 seconds if you're, yeah, yeah. if it's really bad. But What's it? Tom Hanks says, this too shall pass, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it just, it's easy to say, but I think especially we're quite similar. I'm very creative and perfectionist at times and, or just wanting things finished and done mm. and putting pressure on yourself like the live shows. I, I'm like that. But yeah. then just taking a step back and going, 
you know, I did my best, you know, yeah. take, you know, being able to kind of check in and have someone to sound like your wife, a sound yeah. board to go, look, you're having a bad day. Let's go do a hike or whatever it is. And then jump back on the next uh, yeah, day. 100%, yeah. I think especially you've had a lot of pressure in your career, you know, that way. So, yeah. um, so we're going to do a quick fire round. Yeah. So just five questions. Yep. So what's your favorite space? Number one. Studio. Studio. Yeah. yeah probably studio or hand in hand with wherever the family is. So I think this is, and that was something I wanted to say, I think I've missed, missed the opportunity before, was that, um, do you know how, well, you, you're from Dublin, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, and your mum and dad, and everyone lives here or family yeah, or, was yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So most people, if they moved away, would say, feel like this is home or like, and so for me, that would be the northeast of England. That family home's gone now and where my mum lives is just a house that she lives in. So I don't have that feeling like there is always home there. And it was when I was in France a couple of weeks ago, driving around all these roads, which I've been over a thousand times, going to the house which I used to, we used to live at, which we've made like 10 years of memories in, all that kind of stuff. Didn't really feel anything inside. All I wanted to do is get all the stuff packed up and get back home, which now is here because... So you can create home wherever you're from. Yeah, because... Are. And also, and then that ties into the, the space inside now is when we walked into the house in Dublin... It's empty, but now it's full of all of this stuff which we've taken with us from so many years. Like, for example, there's a dining table we have. My brother gave me that when we just left Newcastle, so that's over a decade ago. This old crappy thing which he didn't want, screwed on legs, blah, 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 old oak table. And it's starting to get that old sort of like yeah. dip in the wood and stuff. So that kind of thing, when you look at the table, it's just an object. But, but it's for, sentimental to you. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean? That kind of thing is what makes wherever we are home. Yeah. So what's your favourite space to travel to? Oh, well, that's a good one. I think it's maybe, I don't know if it's coming across too strong or whatever it is, but as long as the little ones and the missus are in tow, I'm happy going Aww. anywhere sort of thing. I, I genuinely don't have a, if I had to pick a, I, I love Paris. I, I, oh, absolutely. Paris it's just the most amazing place. I love the French way of life. I love the way they do things. I love the streets. I love the way you turn every 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 street to something new, new to and see, amazing yeah. to see. And the food. Yeah, I know. And I actually, I, 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 I did like New York uh, when I went to New York. And when so I first cool. got there, I was like, this is awful. I, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. <laughs> no, it's un- okay. I felt, Say I what feel, you feel, Ed. We're feel, safe here. No, I did. I was. I felt like this is claustrophobic. What these buildings are humongous. Like this. Yeah, it's like, busy. Yeah, holy it's full shit, on. Yeah, like, it was crazy. And then um, after two days there, I was like, this place is amazing. Yeah, like, it just takes it, a second, but you're yeah. creative, so you take everything in straight. I'm like that. I take it in at once. Hundred percent. Whereas other people can go and see things in sections. Yeah. I, I'm like you. We must I have find... walked like seventy kilometers in like three days just in and that just place. seeing just around. Seeing Such them. a cool place. But I know what you mean, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It is. Yeah. It's one of those things. And then, what's your most challenging space? Well, twofold. Probably most challenging space is that first time you walk into a physio room once you. Something else is broken. Um, but also, I'd probably say my studio is the most challenging space because that's where, do you know, people always talk nowadays that, I'd, again, I'm not a massive fan, but of these, work, but like, like that flow state thing that everyone goes on about. The closest I can think of to that is when I'm painting and everything's going exactly how it was. And, he, and, and I've done like three or four hours of work. And I look you're just back, in the zone. You're in like, the moment. Oh, Christ, look how much I've done. And it's good. But then sometimes you're there for like, what feels like hours and it's only half an hour and you just 
cannot get something right. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. And that's when you just got to put the brush down, get yourself out, go to the gym, do whatever it is. Hand in hand, it's the most, it's one of my favorite spaces, but also one of the most frustrating spaces I can be in. Um, And what is your most inspirational space? I would say, and without being too cheesy, I think, and also this is probably, uh, probably because of the amount of, museums and places I got dragged to when I was a child and that influence of, of that traditional art I used to have from, from, my, from my parents, like somewhere like the Louvre or somewhere like uh, the amazing. National Gallery yeah, or, or us. Whilst the, the rooms and all that kind of stuff are lovely, and I know this is an interior, I've got to think about the interior designer stuff things here, and, and the buildings are just fantastic. The the paintings obviously are the thing which 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 get me. And when you see something like the night watch and sometimes I have this feeling that I've when I've painted a picture and I haven't looked at it or seen it or I'll go back into the gallery if I go back into the oil or something like that and I haven't, I haven't seen it for a while I'm like how did I get that done sort of thing like it, you, yeah it, 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 it's moving That's yeah exactly like, yeah. but then you, you look at something like 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 that like the night watch or something like that and you just think how has he done that that's insane like and it, it, the the main colors uh are, are, are dark blacks burnt umbers all that kind of stuff yet he's pinging light out of this yeah. thing like no man and I, it's just insane do you know what i mean yeah absolutely and then last question where would you like your future space to be by the sea probably Dorky's great. Dork, I, yeah. When you said that, I did say the missus. I said I asked him. I was like this. I think he'd love it, especially for painting and yeah. light. Oh, it'd be amazing. Anywhere by the sea where I can get to the hills quick. Or, oh, climbing or hill, like you're that. done. Do you know what I mean? You're like, set. Uh, this place, I'm selling it. This this place is. <laughs> this is the beauty about Dublin. I, I don't know if you guys have this. I've, I've spoken to quite a few Dubliners who think Dublin's huge. You can be on looking at that lake where they filmed Vikings in five minutes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or you can be. Yeah, I think, yeah, when you've travelled, you realise that it's so small in comparison to other big cities. Yeah, 100%. It's, but it's amazing, though. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ed about the spaces that have shaped his life and inspired his growth. If you want to learn more about Ed Williamson, be sure to check out www.edwilliamsonart.com. And if you want to keep up with the latest from Space to Grow, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review to help more people discover the show. Finally, if you're looking for more inspiration and ideas on how to create spaces that support your growth and well-being, be sure to check out my website at theinteriorsnrd.com. There you'll find links to my social media and resources to help you transform your spaces and create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Space to Grow. Lots of light, Natasha. Natasha.